and welcome to Unleash Your Inner Diva, the podcast designed to bring out the inner goddess in all of us. Join your host, Serena Novelli, as she delves deep into the world of self-love, female sexuality, conscious dating, personal growth, and all-round happiness. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hey, and welcome to Unleash Your Inner Diva, the podcast. I'm Serena Novelli, a certified sex, love and relationship coach specializing in female sexuality and self-love. And I am really excited to be here today. I've got Danny Tongham here and he is an awesome didgeridoo. What what do you call yourself? (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Well, that's a good question because we do didgeridoo soundscapes with like a shamanic undertone. But we've been bringing in a lot of other instruments as well because the partner that I'm with, uh, he plays the bass and sometimes the sitar. But it's just front and centre. So didgeridoo uh, performer is is good. Okay, there we go. Do you have a special name? And I thought, I don't know what that is. (laughs) <laughs> we so, can um, we can figure one out we can yeah, crowdsource the official name that's it that's it we can uh yeah absolutely do you want to introduce yourself before we um get on to the didgeridoo who you are and like maybe a little bit of your background as to how you come about playing this instrument sure, sure. yeah i'd love to um hi everyone my name is Danny, the didgeridoo performer. Some people have actually coined me already as didgeridoo man of Farnham. Well, there you so, go. So you could, <laughs> you, could roll, you could roll with that one. Okay. That one preceded me quite early on. That was good. I like that one. So we could go with that. But um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm from the beautiful market town Farnham. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of creativity and a lot of, yeah, a lot of inspired activity around around this area, which is a really good place for us to get the, the didgeridoo soundscapes out there and blossom with them. But yeah, I... Um, I have been to Australia. I did. I did uh, at, at nine. Well, at seventeen years old, uh, I left home because I literally knew everything, and uh, <laughs> went and got a job. But found that it wasn't really uh, fulfilling or really heading anywhere that I really wanted to go. And I remember being in the office, and there was a, a guy there who'd just been diving in Perth, and I was like thinking he meant Scotland, but he said Australia, and that sparked <laughs> the idea that I should just go and live there for a year. At, at, so I got a second job and saved up some money and then flew out there at 19. So I travelled around the entirety of Australia and saw a lot of a lot of culture and the people. And yeah, it was fascinating. Lived in the outback as well for three and a half months on a, on a cattle station, really close, close to the, the Aboriginal communities. But at that young age, at 19, like my spiritual path hadn't really even begun. Yeah. And... I was still the product of a lot of societal conditioning. Part of the reason of me being in Australia was I wasn't really fitting in with that conditioning process. Well, a lot of my friends were at university and um, establishing themselves academically. I, I suppose you could say that the spiritual process had started, but I just wasn't really aware of it. Yeah. Um, so the freedom of being in Australia was amazing. Sometimes I didn't know what I was going to eat. I was living off a free food shelf in a hostel for a while. I remember that. And then getting picked up the next day to work on a cattle station in the middle of the outback. 
So I went from free food to literally as many steaks and beer as I could eat at 19. And there was no way to spend the money, so we saved it up as well. But uh, that was, yeah, that was a really interesting time being in Australia and being exposed, I guess, for the first time to Indigenous culture. Although not not really fully absorbing it. It was kind of like, it was the seed, I think. And I did, I do remember having some time in Ayers Rock and the Olgas. And I remember walking around those spaces and I, it did feel very prehistoric. And I did feel the energy of those places at that time. And I remember being quite struck by how profound, particularly the Olgas, which is like a rock formation. And we did a walkthrough called the Valley of the Winds. And it was really spectacular. Yeah. Um, so, so I did have some time in Australia, and I think that seeded a lot of my my early sort of spiritual path. Um, but I didn't really come back to really having a go with the didgeridoo until so that that trip took place in two thousand and three to two thousand and four, and then about ten years later, yeah, ten years later, I haven't really clocked that, but a decade later, I, I picked up the didge. I was working, uh, so my normal work, that I, normal work, my, my everyday work is, is traditional um, oak framing. Yeah. So I, do, I, do, I build sort of medieval style oak timber structures. And I remember working with a guy who I really, really clicked with. And his name was Sid. And he brought in a bamboo ditch to work one day. And we were just messing around at lunch, I remember. Yeah, in 2013. And uh, he lent that bamboo ditch to me and um, I was just hooked. Annoyed everyone in the house for about <laughs> <And your neighbors. laughs> like three weeks. And, and he gave me this tip that you can get a really good feedback if you play it in the bath. Okay. I'm, in, I'm, I'm in a mid-terrace, so, <laughs> yeah, so, so that's not... it's just like literally ditch reverb or attempts at playing the ditch. And I took about three weeks to really uh, knuckle down and learn the circular breathing. Mm-hmm. and um I yeah I, I tried lots of different techniques and then eventually once the circular breathing came the confidence came to play at length and then I realized that the instruments all have their own personality as well and some instruments will only take you so far so I progressed on from the bamboo didge to uh, much bigger wider bore instruments which required a bit more uh, lung and circular breath work and a bit more discipline and yeah. just kept kept playing like non-stop every opportunity I, I even had because sometimes I'd go into builders merchants to pick up just general materials that I need for for stuff and they had these uh plastic pipes in there and I used to pick them up and start messing around on those in in the builders merchants and uh and then I just remember buying some so that I could chop them down and have them in the car and so I always had a bid with me at all times so yeah yeah Yeah. and so do you feel then so you you mentioned circular breathing can you explain what that is so circular breathing is a technique whereby so it's not it's not possible to breathe in and out at the same time so what you're doing with the didge is when you have the drone going, uh, which is the base, t- normal, the sound that you would normally associate with the ditch, once that drone is going, the lips are vibrating. And what you're doing when you're circular breathing is you're taking a, a slight intake of air through the nose as the lips are moving and you use your cheeks to, to push the air that you've got over your lips to keep that going. 
So it's more of an inhale and a, and a slight push. Okay. And, and then that's how you keep the drone going because because that intake comes as you just squeeze your cheeks to, well, that's how I do it. There might be other people that have a different way of explaining it, but that's, that's how I do it. So like I teach breath work and so ah. is that more like a continual breath? So you've yeah. got that continual breathing, yeah. uh, moving in like the circular like motion. So I'm assuming then that playing the didgeridoo will have health benefits right oh right big time yeah 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 big time so I've been a long time fan for the last seven or eight years of shamanic breath work particularly the Wim Hof style and then I've absorbed it into like other techniques more Ayurvedic techniques as well mm -hmm. which I find really fascinating but for me personally as a player after a, a, a good long session of playing the dish for like half an hour, like my body feels incredibly alive. It's, it's definitely oxygenated. It's very tingly. But one thing I really like is the clarity of mind. Mm -hmm. Like it seems to dissolve the muddiness or the brain fog or anything. So after half an hour of playing, there's, there's a, a palpable buzz from playing and, and that, positivity can linger for hours afterwards yeah yeah it sounds awesome and how so you're coming along to we're running a festival at a well-being festival and you're coming along to that to to do a yeah. soundscape for yeah. um the people that attend and we and we we've opened it up to families so because we want we just want to mix you know we want to teach the the young children a bit of mindfulness and how they can really take care of themselves so we're we're bringing along we're hopefully bringing along the daddies and 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 the the, the granddads to experience this as well how will that benefit everybody that is coming along that takes part in in your workshop that's a really good question that's really good because that's that's layered like there's there's lots of types of human experience involved mm -hmm. in the receiving of, mm -hmm. of that so it will benefit let's start with the children it will benefit the children initially with curiosity I think yeah. and that curiosity can spark like a fractal of interest thereafter and so the children will naturally be drawn to its shape and sound and and look because they some of the ones I paint are, are really they look quite amazing yeah so on a surface level I guess for children it will be like oh, what's that especially if they haven't heard it before yeah and then and then when they sit and actually sit with it because it's so new and so so curious it usually focuses their attention and I say that because I did a soundscape at a beautiful place called Waverley Abbey Ruins. Oh, yeah. I've done a photo shoot there. <laughs> it's beautiful there, isn't it? Well, you know it then. And the, the yew tree that's just, oh, it's incredible, that yew tree. Well, I did a, I did a soundscape um, under that tree for children specifically. So I, I rolled out a long sheet of paper on a mat and they could come and lay uh, on their fronts and do mindful drawing um, oh, amazing while I was while I was playing and my my niece came and she's she was two two and a half at the time buzzing child like full of beans buzzing difficult to get to sit still and um I remember her mum saying yeah that she just sat and watched so there was something that captivated her yeah um which which was lovely to hear that she could just kind of calm focus and enjoy and and that also then let her mum just sit 
calm, focus and enjoy. And so it just spread. So for children, yeah, curiosity and a focus, it brings their focus in. For, for people that don't really have any, haven't really embarked on a spiritual path, the, the curiosity and the sound is, is still awe-inspiring yeah. and potentially could even start um, the seed of something because there's a lot of culture around the didgeridoo and a lot of history and a lot of phenomenal spiritual and earth work that goes with it and so it will always hopefully inspire people whatever age they are and then for people that are on a spiritual path they they will know that sound and frequency and vibration all have their own spectrum of healing Mm-hmm. and can bring you into an outer body experience if you're already a meditation practitioner you can get your mind to really sit and focus on the sound and the vibrations and they can really pull you pull you into a good space a really good healing space amazing so, i'm really looking forward to it and um yeah. i know that i've been speaking to a few uh women that are coming along and they're really excited for the the didgeridoo they keep asking when, me about the didgeridoo man <laughs> so i think you're going to be popular when you're there awesome. <laughs> the bass guitar so you said that you you work with somebody with a bass for me personally that's one of the i really like that vibration of a of a, of a bass is the didgeridoo but because it it's quite a low noise isn't it so yeah. all of these different sounds and are they all different frequencies yes yeah yeah they are so I'm kind of delving into the the science as well because I've followed the spiritual path with the music quite a long time I'm trying to now get an understanding of the scientific method behind measuring and um, understanding how sound operates in terms of frequency. So there are different sort of frequencies. And one of the didgeridoos I have is, now there's a, there's a lot of discussion about tuning and um, uh, 440 and 432 hertz. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a theory that 432 hertz is a derivative of the Earth's natural frequency because of the way the numbers correlate up through the frequency of the earth up to the 432 it's all I believe I hope I'm being uh, correct here but I believe um, it's based on a natural frequency whereas uh, concert pitch A440 was like a, a blanket pitch that was set across the board so that all western music could tune to i've never really been drawn to to western styles or the or the structure of music in that way and so i'm learning um about different frequencies and different tunings and and really really so it's early days for me in terms of learning that so i don't want to speak too much to it just quickly i went to a fascinating talk at the barbican which was a small conference for sound healers and spiritual music Uh, it was called the future is sound shout out to them it was amazing and there was a guy that gave a talk about some experiments he did in the great the king's chamber in the great pyramid and 117 hertz was played and I, i i i remember he hummed that frequency while sat in the in the in the box in the king's chamber and they played that frequency in the barbican theater and i got i got teary i got i got really emotional there was something really powerful about that so i'd like to explore more uh, down those routes sounds good hit that subscribe button yet go on go on you know you want to 
I think with like obviously people coming along to a workshop if I mean you're doing one uh, for arts but you do your own classes right you have people come and attend on a regular Correct. basis and I think for for me personally my my journey into spirituality I'm so I was always so like worried about what people thought got to conform to a certain way and it took me a long time to say, oh, no, actually, this is what I believe. This is where I want to go. This is the path I want to follow. I, I, I like doing meditation. I like doing breath work. I want to go into it a bit more. It's going to be part of my work and to come out as like a sex, love and relationship coach. And this is where I'm this is where I am. And we do everything somatically in my work. So everything is all breath movement. You know, we're, we're, we're learning to work with our nervous system and, and to and to stop any like traumas past traumas that we might have and how we can deal with them and move them through and so I've taken like quite a long time to take ownership of of my own spirituality and my own my own journey so when um when people come to your class I'm assuming they get from it what they their belief system is so like you were saying like with the different layers there with the different people if I were to come I I practice breath work and I practice meditation on a daily basis so I'm assuming I'm going to be able to drop in quite quickly to the frequency I'm going to be able to take more from it than some like my, my husband say or my sister or somebody if I brought them along do people that haven't ever experienced tried this or aren't really you know they think well this is all a little bit but I'm going to use the word woo this is a little bit strange why are people coming and doing this if I were to bring somebody like that do you ever have people that have come along because they've been asked to by a friend and then they're like wow I've got this and it's been like a transformational experience in itself absolutely yeah absolutely and I love it I love it when people come and shake my hand at the start and say no idea what this is. I've been invited here. I'm happy to lay on my yoga mat and see where we go. A friend of mine is uh, he's uh, in the in the police force. He's a detective, so he's got a lot of stuff to deal with uh, mentally yeah. and process and things that he sees and what have you. And he's not really got too much of a spiritual leaning uh, as of yet. I would say, although I think it's growing for sure and he came along and the thing that I always love about when people come who haven't really don't do much meditation or don't really sit and be quiet with themselves I love it because um, those people always have something that just completely blindsides me in terms of a reaction and so I remember, and even if I don't think soundscape's gone well or um, this didn't transition well or something, some the feedback usually comes that just blew me away. And this chap came up to me and he was like really into it, really got a lot out of it and said that he had this powerful experience that thorns were being oh, pulled wow. yeah. from his body like piece by piece and he'd been carrying a lot of trauma is a very strong word but I, I would say possibly that from his work yeah and because and I remember it being a soundscape that I wasn't too sure about did was it good was it delivered okay did people get what they needed and I felt like like those concerns just dissipated and melted away when yeah. I got one person that said they felt like thorns were being plucked out of their body and I was like great enough just like you had like a, a a cord cutting experience in in like taking away any of that and it will I suppose in some form it will be a trauma because it may not be a deeply embedded trauma because it's 
you know it's not internally something to do with him it's something that it's an experience from the outside that he's taken in but he will have had to have processed that right and that's obviously come come out he's processing that and he's cutting that cord as he's in that experience I always believe that the work that we do and I'm working with people all of the time and what I want is I say what I want what what I'm out there to to do is to support others that's that's my main goal is to to support others in feeling good and the more people I can help the better but if you only just help one person you're already doing the job right the work's already being there that one person will go on and tell somebody else and that helps and it's like this um, momentum that happens and we're out there to make change and to and to support others and I really believe that the work that you're doing is is doing that and you get to have fun with the didgeridoo and you're doing what you love and that's really important as well right if we do what we love that that feeds that that just brings I I would do what I do for free all day long if like if I didn't have to pay bills it would just be there the love would be shared and I think that that's really important that when you are in love with what you're doing that that when you get that feedback it's just yeah. like you're you know you're in the right space right 100 yeah 100 percent. it's a really profound journey I've just kind of ridden this wave of like following the intuitive nature of how this is unfolding mm-hmm. and um it's it's really organic and, and lovely to watch it grow and yeah. um yeah I'm learning all the way as well I'm not anywhere near an accomplished musician but I, I enjoy holding a certain space open yeah and you're, you're, and you're you've got that safe container right for people to come yes. and explore. yeah absolutely and 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 all, all sorts of people have come and and I, I've had people I've had people have, have a laughing reaction in a soundscape they got hysterics her son couldn't stop laughing <laughs> and she was very apologetic afterwards he was about 15 16 but he couldn't contain he just thought it was hysterical what was happening and 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 he took himself out of the equation for a little bit but I just was like it's an expression of energy to to laugh or cry it it doesn't matter like um, there's no offense none taken like you express yourself how you need to and if it's fits of giggles because like the, the the laughter is so the music has triggered something. And so if it's laughter, because it doesn't kind of fit in with what you were expecting or, or looking for at that space and time, fine. But yeah. like afterwards, when you're driving or looking out the window of the car, like the memory of that will form some cognitive process. And, and so the reflection on, on what the music was and why that happened might spur some deeper thought and questions thereafter. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I absolutely love it. I think I'm going to try and come along soon as well. And I say I'm really excited. Next week. <laughs> yes. Next week. Yeah, yeah. I'm very excited. So what's really beautiful about the way it's organically unfolding is there are there's now three of us. So we did a soundscape at Avebury Stone Circle. Um, I get drawn to the circle annually, sometimes twice a year. Um, I just, I love it. And we set up in front of one of the huge sarsen stones down there and did a soundscape. And my friend, she came and just impromptu started singing. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I get, I, I just had a, an, an immediate emotional reaction and started tearing up. I was just like, 
geez, this is incredible. Wow. So Andy's next to me with the bass. Mm-hmm. I think I, I have a hand pan. So I was playing the hand pan and then Nas just started singing. And, and it was it was like it was divine. It was unbelievable. And, I, and there and then I was like, Nas, please, can you can you sing with us when we play? Because the, the dig is very low but, and the bass can be very low and we can get drumming as well. So there's, a, there's kind of like a lot of male, masculine bass energy. And then her her vocals just kind of balanced, really, provided a level of balance. And so NASA's coming next week, so she'll be uh, performing with us. She may sing for five minutes, ten minutes, whatever. But... And that's the other thing with the soundscapes is they're they're born that night. They're never rehearsed. So um, they are what they are and they will be what they will be. And the uniqueness of what they are is only stored in the Akashic record. Nowhere else. That's it. Amazing. I love that. Thank you so much for chatting with me. I'm really excited to come along. Um, Do you want to tell people where they can find you? Yeah, so, (laughs) yeah, you can. So part of the process we're going through is trying to update and upgrade the collective of who we are as Didgery Dreams, because there's there's three of us now. So there is is the website, which is didgeridreams.uk. I I am not using Instagram so much, but I still have an account, and that's at Loving Oak. Nas is Flow with Nasreen. And Andy as well. He's he's. We're kind of going to bring ourselves together. So we're under one website, um, a social media handle, and and eventually we would like to create uh, YouTube uh, meditations for people that are struggling to sleep or need to That'd switch off. Really good, yeah. and, and so people can just tap in and out for free of some of our music that's pre-recorded. So yeah. although I've been playing the ditch for a long time there's a certain degree of professionalism that's starting to bind what we're doing together. And so um, I don't have like a great list of handles to give you just yet, but in in time it's coming. And it will be amazing. And yeah, I I love, I use YouTube quite a lot for different, um, you know, if I'm just trying to grab something at bedtime. So that would be really good to um, have people being able to access your work and then you've got that library haven't you you can always say um if somebody's wanting a class or something you can always say it and they're not sure well go here check this out this is ours and then yeah amazing thank you so much for spending time with us um today pleasure and, and i look forward to um coming along very soon thank you awesome no worries i feel like playing the bridge now <laughs> <laughs> the, fam- the family's out Oh, well, there you go. You can go and play it all you like. I've got some time to play the ditch. (laughs) Till next time, everybody. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unleash Your Inner Diva. If you liked what you heard, be sure to hit like, subscribe, and leave us a comment. Have a burning question for Serena or a topic you'd love her to discuss on the show? Get in touch. Check out www.lovethybodyproject.com. You can also reach Serena on Instagram at Serena Novelli. Until next time, remember, you got this, diva.